The Adventures of Bodo and Rowan Brockhouse. Chapter 3 Along Came a Spider, in which Bodo and Rowan visit the Barrow Downs. Spider, said Bodo, peering into the hands of a young hobbit that were cupped around a rather large but harmless spider. Why, that wee bit of a thing is hardly worth the name. I've seen spiders so big that you could hit a cart to them, and so fierce as to send a man of Bree screaming in terror. Spiders so terrifying that... Turtle, stop. You give the poor boy nightmares, said Rowan Brockhouse, looking up from her tailoring with a disapproving look on her face. The young hobbit that Bodo was talking to, Halford Brandybuck, sat up straight from where he was sitting and stuck out his chin. I won't have nightmares, Mistress Brockhouse, not as long as I have my shield with the men of Bree Sigil. And he patted the small wooden shield that Bodo had fashioned for him. Young Halford was a frequent guest in the modest front parlor of the Hobbit Hall at Number 2 Pleasant Street, Daisy Glen. Bodo and Rowan, having no children themselves, had taken a strong liking to the young orphan who had come to Daisy Glen to be raised by his Aunt Wytha. Bodo laughed and ruffled Halford's hair. Truer words were never spoken, my lad. Rowan gave Bodo and Halford one of her gentle smiles. Turtle, if you are going to tell stories about spiders, why not tell them about the first time we went to the Barrow Downs? Halford looked up at Bodo from where he was sitting in front of the crackling fireplace, his eyes sparkling with excitement. Oh yes, please, Master Brockhouse. Bodo set down his cup of tea on the small ornate wooden table at his side, took out his long clay pipe, and thumbed a generous pinch of old Toby pipeweed into the bowl. The Barrow Downs, eh? And he gave a couple of long draws on the pipe until the cherry glow of it lit his face. So it is. And he settled back in his easy chair and began. Rowan and I had been in Bree for several weeks and had established ourselves in the Hunter's Lodge in the south end of town, the prancing pony being quite beyond our means at that point. Despite the numerous small tasks we had undertaken for the men of Bree and local merchants, our funds were quite low after purchasing two small ponies for ourselves. So Rowan had gone to her friend, Broderick Willowmead, and asked if we could stay at the lodge. Of course, Rowan, he had said when she asked. Anything for one of the stealthiest hunters in Breeland. Rowan, I asked her that first night as I settled onto my pallet on the floor of the forge room. I thought you told me you were a tailor. Rowan smiled at me sleepily from her pallet across the floor from mine. I am a tailor, silly, and a hunter, and several other things besides and she blew me a small kiss before rolling over towards the glowing forge, her back to me. Good night, Turtle, she said. Good night, Bunny, I replied, and laid back staring at the dancing glow on the ceiling, wondering about this wild and beautiful hobbit that I had thrown my lot in with until sleep overtook me. The next morning we had first breakfast sitting on the steps of the lodge, a somewhat meager affair of some fruit, bread and cheese purchased the day before from the market in the stone quarter. Rowan, I hate to remind you, I began. Rowan sighed and took a bite from her apple. I know, our purses are light again, she said around a mouthful of apple. 
But trust me, something will come along. Are you needing work then, Rowan? Came the pleasant voice of Broderick Willowmead, who was at the top of the stairs. He came down and sat next to us. Rowan gave him a narrow look. Maybe, she said to Broderick, and I made to immediately accept his offer, but Rowan laid a hand on my arm. What's the pay? she asked. Broderick chuckled. Always the tradesperson, eh, Rowan? Well, if you're successful, I'll definitely spread the word about it, and will certainly raise your reputation with the men of Bree. Rowan sighed and began to rise. We can't eat reputation, Broderick. Come on, Bodo. Broderick raised his hands. Wait, wait. I forgot to mention the treasure. Rowan sat back down and smiled. Go on, she said. A short while later, we were walking down the cobbled streets towards the stable where we lodged our ponies, Coltsfoot and Nettles. We weren't too far along when one of the lost shades that haunted that section of Breetown crossed the road and passed straight through me with a distant sepulchral moan. I shuddered and pulled my cloak closer against the sudden chill. I hate it when they do that, I said, and Rowan chuckled. Are the Barrow Downs terribly dangerous, Rowan? I asked as we moved along. She gave me a thoughtful look. A little, she said, but we have this map from Broderick, so we won't have to wander around too much. That should help. She handed me the map, a crudely drawn affair, but our destinations were clearly marked. Howd Methanil, Howd Tayenthond, and the barrows of Taradan and Ringdor. And all we need to do is take some rubbings, collect some shards, and deal with a few troublesome residents of the barrows. And we keep whatever barrow treasures we find, I said, handing her the map back and laughing ruefully. That doesn't sound too bad. She took my hand and gave me a peck on the cheek as we walked. No, not so bad at all, she said, and my heart swelled with such joy that I could have stormed the gates of Mordor. We trotted our sturdy little ponies along the road leading west out of Bree, Rowan consulting the map occasionally and looking around for what few landmarks were indicated. When we came to a bare-worn path between two sets of ruins, leading to a cut into some grey and bare hills to the south of the road, she nodded towards them. Looks like the north entrance into the downs. And she reined her pony towards the pass, me following close behind. No sooner had we crossed between the two small grey hills than we saw the body of an unfortunate traveller sprawled on the ground. Oh dear me, Rowan, this is a poor omen, I said as we reined up our ponies next to the sad sight. To my surprise, she slid down out of her saddle and began to inspect the body. Rowan, what are you doing? I said. We might as well see if we can figure out what happened to this poor fellow. She answered without looking up from her task. It might help us prepare for what awaits us. I dismounted and knelt down next to her. She murmured a question to herself. Body is cold, but these wounds are fresh. There should be blood. I looked around for other clues and nudged her. I'm no hunter or tracker, but the path of disturbed earth leading into the downs might be something. She looked up at where I indicated and smiled at me brightly. I think you're right, Turtle, and this note I found in his hand fills in the story. And she handed me the note. It was in sad shape, crumpled and chewed, but I could make out. Between the old forest and northern Barrow Downs, 
send help. I handed the note back to her and said, this poor fellow must have been on his way to deliver this message to someone. I guess the help for whomever needed it won't be coming. Rowan's pretty face took on an interesting look and said, perhaps, and she began to remount, saying to me, let's go find these barrows, and kicked her pony into a walk into the downs. I quickly mounted and trotted after her. Rowan, I called to her, what do you mean by perhaps? Rowan, but she didn't answer. My earlier hopeful prediction about this adventure was soon dispelled as our journey through the downs to the first barrow was not without its dangers. For we found that crouched in the short stubbly grass and lurking behind the sturdy bushes and standing stones were all types of dangers. We soon found ourselves in dismounted battle against bar guests and barrow crawlers. Fortunately, we didn't have to go far before we were standing before the dark and menacing looking entrance to the barrow of Taradan. I nodded towards the bizarrely carved stones flanking the entrance. I don't suppose those are the pillars we're looking for? Rowan shook her head. No, I'm pretty certain those are inside the barrow itself. Shall we go see? I bowed formally and said, After you. The tunnels of Barrow Taradan were all of elaborately carved stone, which would have been interesting to look at, but we were far too busy dealing with the first rotting Barrow White I had ever seen. As it shambled towards us out of the gloom, I saw something that turned my blood cold. Rowan, it doesn't have a head. Rowan chuckled as she knocked an arrow. Oh, notice that, did you, turtle? and her bowstring thrummed twice in the time it took me to charge towards the horrific creature, driving my recently acquired shield into its midsection, knocking it backwards as I pounded at it with my warhammer. And it's missing an arm too, I called out to Rowan, who continued to bury arrows into its chest. Bodo, look down. I did as she suggested and saw the missing arm, creeping along the ground towards my feet. I cried out in alarm, kicking at the arm as its hands grasped towards me. But it stopped suddenly, pinned to the ground by another one of Rowan's arrows. Thank you, I said to Rowan as she came up beside me, and we stared down at the horrific body. You're welcome, she said. Do you think we're likely to encounter its head rolling around somewhere? I asked. Anything's possible, she said as she retrieved her arrows from the body. Just beyond the body of the white, we saw our first indication of spiders. There were webs dangling from the ceiling and running from the walls to the ground. I could hear chittering and skittering from just beyond the corner in front of us. I licked my suddenly dry lips and said with more courage than I actually had, uh, uh, Wait here, Rowan. Let me go look. I crept forward as quietly as any hobbit ever has and peered around the corner. When I returned to Rowan, my face must have been white with fear. Spiders? She asked. Worse, I replied. Really big spiders. And for the first time since we met, I actually saw a slight shadow of fear cross her face, and she shuddered. You hate spiders too, I asked. She nodded. With a passion. I smiled wanly at her uncharacteristic show of vulnerability. Well then, I said, killing them shouldn't be such a chore. And killing spiders is what we did. 
dozens and dozens of enormous spiders. Their purple and pink bottle bodies as big as a hobbit and legs that reached three hobbits across. It seemed as if every hallway and chamber we went into in search of the ancient pillars was infested with them. And, of course, there were still the rotting Barrowites and their creeping hands to deal with. Our weapons and clothes were stained with ichor by the time we reached the chamber of Gwygon, a giant yellow and orange spider that was half again as big as any of the spiders we had dealt with so far. Rowan and I stood outside the glowing purple chamber, our weapons at the ready, and looked into each other's eyes. We gave each other a silent nod of encouragement before I charged into the chamber and towards the monstrous spider, my shield in front of me and my warhammer raised, shouting a wordless cry. And suddenly, one of Rowan's arrows sprouted from the center of Gwygon's head, sunk down to the fletchings, and the monster dropped dead in an instant. I skidded to a halt, dumbfounded in front of the body, its legs still twitching. Rowan came up next to me. Well, I would have thought he would have taken more than one arrow. That's a relief, then. Shall we get the rubbing from the pillar? And she turned towards the gently glowing pillar. Don't you want to retrieve your arrow? I asked as we left the chamber. Rowan shook her head and said, Not that one. We emerged from Barrow Taradan, and the sudden transition from the darkness of the barrow into the sunlight caused me to squint and began to sneeze. Rowan gave me a curious look. Are you all right, Turtle? I wiped my watering eyes and gave two more explosive sneezes before answering, I'm fine, I'm fine. This always happens when I go from dark to light suddenly. Why? Doesn't that happen to you? She gave a small shake of her head and said, No. Our encounters in Barrow Ringdor and Hard Tianthon were much the same as in Barrow Taradan. Spiders and whites abounded in all the halls and chambers, and we had much fighting to do before reaching an ancient pillar and the miscreants we had been sent to deal with, although each one had its own unique character. Barrow Ringdor, where we encountered a putrid dark water named Umnen, had a green glow about it, and there was water cascading into it from somewhere above ground. We had to scramble up many levels of scaffolding before reaching our goal. And how Teanthond, the domain of a horrible Kurgrim named Marrow, had the most elaborate area in front of its entrance, with many carved standing stones and some wraith guards that we had to deal with. Inside it was certainly more pleasant than the other two, with ivy covering the walls of the tunnels, but it had just as many horrible creatures for us to deal with. After dealing with the Kurgrim marrow and getting the last rubbing from an ancient pillar, we trudged out of Howd Tayanthod, both of us all but exhausted. Thank goodness that's done with, I said to Rowan. Let's take our treasure and head back to Bree. I could use a bath and some clean clothes. And I began to mount Coltsfoot, who had been waiting patiently outside the Barra entrance alongside Nettles, both ponies quietly cropping grass. Rowan said, Wait, Bodo, aren't you forgetting? We have some survivors to find. I rolled my eyes and groaned. Really? After all we just did? I said. Rowan gave me a disapproving look and said, Bodo, there is a code amongst adventurers. We can't just abandon these poor people to their fate. I sighed. 
Fine, let's be done with it then. We rode south along the mountains that rim the western edge of the northern Barrow Downs until we reached the entrance to the old forest. A short ways in, we spied a small campfire, and silhouetted against the light of the fire were a hobbit and one of the big folk. Hello to you by the fire, I called out before we came too close. Two hobbits approaching in peace. They both looked around and peered into the darkness. Once Rowan and I were in the light, they looked us up and down carefully, the big folk woman with one hand resting on the hilt of a dirk at her waist. "'And who are you two? asked the hobbit. "'My name is Bodo Brockhouse of Daisy Glen, and this is Rowan Meadows from Buckland. "'And you are?' The two of them looked at each other, reached silent agreement, and seemed to relax. Rowan and I dismounted. The woman spoke first. I'm Sal Haywood from Bree, a guide hereabouts, and this is Bob. Rowan and I waited for a polite moment, and then Rowan asked, Bob? And she paused. Just Bob, he responded. I see you rode in from the Barrows. Did you by any chance see a little girl hobbit? Her name is Lalia, and I fear she's lost in the Downs. Rowan answered, We didn't see anyone like that, Bob. Bob's shoulders sagged, and he slumped onto the log next to the fire, shaking his head. I will not forgive Barleyman Butterbur for spinning the tale that led my daughter to go seek a lost prince in the Downs. Poor Lollia. Whatever shall I do? Rowan and I sat down on the log on either side of Bob, and Rowan put a hand on his shoulder. Bob, she said, we did find someone, although it wasn't your daughter. We came upon a body at the north entrance to the Downs, and we found this scrap of a note. She reached into her pouch and handed him the note. He read it, shook his head sadly, and handed the note to Sal, who reacted the same way. This was supposed to be delivered to Barleyman Butterbur at the Prancing Pony. And at this he became exasperated. But you came here instead of going there and summoning Barleyman and the Watchers to come help. This is a fine mess. And he bowed his head, cradling it in his hands, letting the scrap of note fall to the ground, where it blew into the fire and burned. I didn't need the look Rowan gave me to know what she was going to say next. Don't worry, Bob. Bodo and I will help you find your little Lalia. Bodo's story was interrupted by a polite knock on the front door, and Wytha Brandybuck poking her head in. Ah, I thought I would find you here, Halford. Time to come home for dinner. Halford looked crestfallen and said, But Aunt Wytha, we were in the middle of a story. And he looked at Bodo. Did you find Lalia, Master Brockhouse? What treasures did you find in the barrow? Bodo rose from his easy chair, chuckling knocking the ashes from his clay pipe into the fire, put his hand on Halford's shoulder and said, That's a story for another time. Bodo escorted Halford to the door, giving him over to his aunt and bidding them both a good evening before gently closing the door. Bodo walked over to stand behind Rowan, who was still focused on her sewing. He put his hands on her shoulders and kissed the top of her head. Turtle! she said without looking up. Why did you tell that young man such a ridiculous tale about me killing Gwygon with a single arrow? You know that's not how it happened. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to Chapter 3 of The Adventures of Bodo and Rowan Brockhouse, a special feature by the creators of The Half-Hill Report. This is a work of fan fiction based on J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, and the game Lord of the Rings Online. All place names, character names, excepting the original names in this work, and music are the exclusive property of Middle Earth Enterprises, a division of the Saul Zantz Company, and Standing Stones Games, LLC. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended.